0: You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion Series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Job chapter 18, verses 1 through 21. Bildad loses patience with Job and ruthlessly attacks him. Still in the second set of speeches by Job's friends, this is the second of three speeches by Bildad the Shuhite. He is exasperated with Job's claims of innocence and impatiently asks him when he'll end these speeches and just be sensible so they can talk. He feels Job regards them as cattle who are stupid in his sight, although Job hasn't ever said anything like that. All he said was that he also knows what they know and that they are falsely claiming to be wise and to speak for God and explain his ways. The word stupid is used three to five times in scripture, depending on the translation. And as here, people are compared to brute beasts who have no understanding. He portrays Job as a ravenous animal, tearing at his own flesh, as if he expects standards to be forsaken for his sake, and the whole order of the universe turned upside down so that he can justify himself. Then he launches into a long tirade on the bad outcomes that the wicked experience, describing darkness and being ensnared by nets of his own making. How often the troubles we experience are the result of the bad choices we have made. He experiences many unforeseen traps and feels terror all around him. He has lost his vigor. He is a moment away from destruction and fear dogs his every step. He personifies calamity and disaster and says they are hungry to get at him and are ready for him the moment he falls. He calls attention to Job's boils on his skin as proof of his wickedness. He says it eats away parts of his skin. Death's firstborn devours his limbs. And this is a poetic way of describing deadly diseases. Then he says he is torn from the security of his tent and marched off to the king of terrors. The image is of a man being led to the gallows. The king of terrors is death itself, which all men universally fear. And the reason we innately fear death is not so much just fear of the unknown, but the nagging feeling that we may have to answer for our thoughts, words, motives, and actions done in this life, and we have an awareness that if our actions were truly weighed in some cosmic scales of justice, we would be found wanting. In Hebrews 2.15, we are told that Jesus became a man for this purpose. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. The fear of death can be removed for a Christian because Christ has removed its sting. So even when we enter into the valley of death's shadow, we have no reason to fear. And because our fear of judgment is gone, death becomes not an enemy, but a friend and servant to escort us into eternal life. Paul, speaking of life and death, said, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. So because of this hope, we can bear suffering like a woman in labor so with you now is your time of grief but i will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy he describes fire in his house which would remind job of the fire of god that fell on his livestock and servants unlike job's description of a tree stump that had hope of new growth of shoots bildad says his roots dry up below and his branches wither above the roots refer to his health and vitality Meaning his expectation of a long life is gone, and the reference to his branches would remind Job of the tragic death of his ten children. He describes Job's loss of reputation, which they are contributing to with their censure, and says, The memory of him perishes from the earth, he has no name in the land. He describes the wicked man's death as exile and banishment from the light of the world into the realm of darkness. Then he twists the knife and speaks plainly of the death of Job's children. He has no offspring or descendants among his people, no survivor where once he lived. Ouch! He said the same thing in chapter 8, verse 4, but there he implied they deserved to die as they did because they must have been wicked. He says news of this spreads to the east and west, causing people to be appalled at his fate and horrified by news of it. No doubt they would be spreading the story about Job as proof of their worldview, which had no room for innocent suffering. Then he concludes with a descriptor of the unfortunate person he has just been describing. Surely such is the dwelling of an evil man, such is the place of one who does not know God. The idea here of knowing God means to know in a redemptive sense, so this is an unbeliever, which Job is not. To know God is the worst kind of ignorance, since we are created to know him. It was man's highest privilege before the fall to know God and walk and talk with him. But this privilege was lost when Adam sinned. But through the gospel, we can know God through our new relationship. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. We need to be careful to be sure we know God and are known by him, instead of just knowing things about him. For the most terrifying words anyone could hear would be at the judgment when Jesus says, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Since he feels the description fits Job's circumstances, he must be that wicked, unbelieving man who is wholly ignorant of God. The truth of God's justice and judgment are true. Justice will be done. To deny it is to deny the significance of evil and never have our wrongs righted. But to misapply it to Job destroys the significance of evil from another angle. Bildad is willing to call a good man evil in order to preserve his worldview. This is heartless to Job and calls God's ways into question. Sometimes we just have to admit that God's ways are mysterious. It is dangerous to try and explain the problem of evil in one sentence. Poor Job, to be assaulted with such words in the midst of such great grief and suffering. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Death is referred to as the king of terrors. Hebrews 2.15 says that universally all people fear death. And that is one of the reasons Jesus came. You've been listening to the podcast, Bible Companion Series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Job chapter 19. May God bless the study of his word.